Hi there, Pastor Austin Vondracek here. Thank you for joining us at Rosewood Church Online. My prayer for you is that this message by our guest pastor and friend will be used by God to bless, teach, and challenge you today. And whether you call Rosewood home and are catching up on a past message, or you're one of our many long-distance partners who tune in every week, would you consider giving back to support the ministries and missions of Rosewood Church? You can do so easily through our website, rosewoodchurch.org. And if you're listening and you're local to the West Michigan area, we would love to have you in person when the time is right for you. And again, I pray this blesses you and helps you grow in your love of Jesus Christ. So at this time, I'd actually like to invite someone else to come on up because uh, uh, I have the pleasure to, well, I shouldn't say the pleasure not to preach, but I'm not <laughs> preaching today. Uh, but uh, I have the pleasure to welcome up uh, an old friend of mine uh, and a past colleague of mine as well, Pastor Eric Peterson the church, from the Church of Benjamin's Hope. Hey, let's welcome him. Thanks, Austin. Thank you so much, buddy. And yeah. you, you roll deep, man. You yeah, no a, kidding. A I, you know, I, I bring a crew with me when I, when I go preach in other places. I can do that because we gather in the evenings, on Sunday evenings. I'm not sure what that says about me. Does it, it's just like I'm insecure, so I have to bring a posse with me yes. wherever I go. Yeah, no, it's so great. Um, we, so we do have some friends from Benjamin's Hope here. Um, as Austin said, he and I um, kind of go way back to his time in seminary, and uh, we overlapped as partners in ministry in the gospel uh, when we were serving together at Beechwood Church. And actually, when we planted the Church of Benjamin's Hope, um, Austin and I part partnered together often in that work. And so um, he's got a huge heart for what we do at Benjamin's Hope. And, uh, and I just want to say I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's great to be among you. Um, so uh, who here has been to Benjamin's Hope? Anybody been to, to Benjamin's Hope at all? Man, only a couple of you, so that's great. So you're going to find out a little bit more about what we do. Um, and, you know, this is Possibility Sunday. That's, that's, that's kind of why um, I've been invited here. Um, and I think the message that I bring this morning and the thoughts that I bring this morning are all about um, what are the possibilities for you as a gathered community here at Rosewood Church to, um, to grow in, in being a sign of the kingdom for people of varying abilities. You know, when I think of the church, I think the church is meant to be a picture of the kingdom that Jesus inaugurated when he came. It's supposed to look like that kingdom that he envisioned. Um, and we're, we're to be moving toward what the kingdom gathered in glory is going to look like, where people of all tribes, nations, languages, and, and people will be together worshiping around uh, Christ's throne. So um, I'm here to cast vision for possibility and what that might look like. So uh, but before we do that, I want to just share with you a little bit about who we are at Benjamin Soap. I'll share our vision um, and our mission, then we're going to watch just a little video so you can capture a picture in your mind of who we are. So Benjamin's Hope exists to be a live, learn, play, and worship intentional farmstead community where people of all abilities are transformed by the love of Jesus. And so we've got four things that we do. It's a place where people live. 31 adults live at Benjamin's Hope. Some of our friends are here with us this morning that came, uh, and, and others live there. It's a forever home for adults um, uh, that are affected by disability, many of whom 
have made the move from mom and dad's house for the first time to a more independent living situation. It's also a place where people learn. So we have a day program, nine to three, Monday through Friday, where people affected by varying abilities um, can have day services. Uh, one of the, the biggest challenges for people affected by disability is um, when they're unable to go to school anymore. Um, in the state of Michigan, if you have a significant disability, you can continue going to school until age 26. But after that year, um, it's a huge challenge for many families to have meaningful engagement throughout the day um, for their family member affected by disability. So we have a day program that, that kind of is all about kind of learning and growing. And then we're a place where people play. We've got a 40-acre piece of property on the north side of Holland um, with a barn and animals and a garden and a walking trail that encircles our, our property. And we just try to be a place where people of varying ability can kind of share life together. And we're a place of worship. So um, right from the start, the vision of Benjamin's Hope was to have a church planted right at the center of what we do. I planted that church eight years ago. And, uh, and it's grown in scope and size and impact. And we're so grateful for that. Um, so on Sunday evenings at 6 p.m., a church gathers. And that, that, the picture of that church is intentionally from the start we wanted to be a place where people of all abilities could gather together. So there's a lot of movement and sound. Um, it's a joyful experience. You'll hear a little bit more about that as, as our service goes on. Uh, but to capture that through a video, we're just gonna watch a little video now that captures. So that gives you a little bit more of a, a visual representation of who we are in our community. We would love to invite you to come and worship with us on some Sunday evening at 6 p.m. That's when we gather as a community, and we'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit later in this message. Uh, but before we kind of jump into the message, I want to just do a little work with you on just kind of a self-diagnosis of what your attitudes toward people affected by disability are. There's a tool called the five stages, our attitudes toward disability, and this is a great tool to kind of think through and when I think about people affected by disability, where, which one of these stages do I find myself in? So I'm just going to walk through them. I want you to kind of think about like, hey, where, where am I in this, in this kind of matrix? So the first stage is ignorance. Ignorance is the stage that basically says, you know, there must be something wrong with this person that they have a disability. Um, we don't see that. Uh, the, the attitudes of ignorance affected by disability in our culture, in our country here, um, not often because we've got pretty good educational system, we've learned and grown up around people who are different, um, but we see this biblically when the disciples are kind of walking along and they ask Jesus, hey, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind, right? Like it's got to be something wrong with that person, um, and that's kind of a picture of ignorance. Slightly above that, in, in stage is the stage of pity. And pity is, man, I feel really sorry for that person affected by disability. That, that's really so sad, um, right? So sometimes we actually see more subtle um, examples of pity in the language that we use. Um, sometimes when people are asking me about the work at Benjamin's Hope, they'll say, hey, how are the kids doing out there at Benjamin's Hope? Um, and we don't have any children that we minister to. They're all adults, right? So just in that, that question, right, how are the kids doing, there's just a little tinge of pity and kind of that sense of like um, just a lack of understanding. 
The, the stage that many Christians and Christ followers get stuck on is that middle stage, the stage of care. Uh, the, that big idea is, like me, people affected by disabilities are created in God's image, and we should do things to help them. So the we, them kind of language and the it's a good thing that we're here um, to, to help, right? There's kind of a top-down aspect of care, right? Like we're the ones that are, are fully abled and, and it's a good thing that we're here because we can care for people affected by disability. And, you know, as Christians, being caring is really important. But there's a little bit of kind of top-down um, kind of aspect of care um, where we try to move people in our ministry and, and, and part of uh, being able to preach in other communities like this is to try to move you along and move kind of your attitudes along is we try to cast a vision for stage four and five. Uh, stage four is friendship. Basically, you know what? I have things to learn from an individual affected by disability. They have things to learn from me. We are kind of equals in God's eyes, and we can learn from one another. I can tell you that so much of, of my discipleship and, and transformation in these last eight years has been because of friendship with people affected by disability. It's, it's changed my outlook. It's changed my life. Um, and stage five is kind of the most realized uh, stage, and that's where we're co-laboring in kingdom ministry together. We're looking for ways where people of varying abilities can co-labor in ministry together. Uh, because when God said all who follow Christ have been given gifts, there was no asterisk that said except for those affected by disability. It's all of us, right? And so trying to find a place where we can do kingdom and life ministry together is kind of what co-laboring is all about. So with that in mind as a backdrop and kind of where you fall into that, let's think about um, the scripture for this morning. And the, the passage that I've chosen is Ephesians 5, and the message title this morning is called Extravagant Love. Uh, thinking about what does it mean for us to love extravagantly. Um, I'm going to read from the message translation. It's not a typical translation that you'd find um, in your pew Bible. I'm, I'm guessing you're in NIV church. That's usually the message or the, uh, the translation that I use as well. But I really like Eugene's Peterson's translation of this passage because I think it captures some of where I want to go this morning. So hear God's word. Watch what God does and then you do it, like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. And I think that that's such a great reminder for when we think about being a transformed community as it relates to people affected by disability or really anybody who's not yet here with us who's not yet part of Christ's church, who is living in the community around us. You know, um, I, was, I was recognizing and looking at your, your mission and vision, and, uh, and your mission statement is empowered by Christ to reveal his love and reach our communities. 
And one of your values is welcoming our neighbors with joyful hospitality. That, that big idea for people affected by disability is what I want to cast a vision for this morning. And, and really, this passage is the fuel that, that allows us to do that. Christ-like, compassionate love for the world is the only thing that can give us the energy to really do that. So I want to talk about three kingdom movements this morning that, that we see in Christ's coming. This is a big kind of grand vision for, um, for what Christ did when he came and he brought the kingdom with him um, and, and how that relates to people of varying abilities. But you can also extend this to not only people of varying abilities, but people of different ethnic backgrounds and people um, of different genders and people that are not like us here, that, that we don't yet know, and how are we called to reach into communities that are different than ours. So the first kingdom movement that we think about is from isolation to community. And I think that this is what, what, what the whole story of God's um, work in the world is, right? Like we've been isolated by sin, we've been separated from God, and the whole story of the scriptures is through Christ, we have been welcomed into the community of faith and into God's family. And the thing about people affected by disability so often is a huge issue in their life is isolation. They're oftentimes isolated from community uh, for varying reasons. And what we as the church are called to do and as a sign of the kingdom is to welcome isolated people into community through the love of Jesus. Right? And so one of the things that we've done at the Church of Benjamin's Hope is we've created a community and a place where people that are oftentimes feel isolated can feel welcome. And we planted a church right from the very start where people that typically feel like they can't fit in a traditional church are, are able to fit in our worship gathering. So there'll be people moving around and sounds. Right? You, you heard some of our friends this morning having conversation with Austin from the stage. That happens to me all the time, right? That's, that's part of our worship gathering. But what that is, is it's moving people out of a place of isolation into community and saying, you know what, the way that God made you is okay. And it's not only okay, it's beautiful. And we're gonna create space in our gathered worship community to say, um, you are welcome here. You have a place of belonging here. And what I want to cast vision for you at Rosewood is how are you moving toward people in your community around you that are feeling isolated and how are you welcoming them into community? Whether they're being isolated by a, a disability, whether they're being isolated because they feel like they don't fit culturally in this place, whatever that looks like, how are you moving people from isolation to community? And most of that is going to be how you do that yourself, in your own family, and in your own life. Um, so that's kind of the first move, is moving from isolation to community. Um, another kingdom movement that we see when Jesus inaugurates the kingdom and comes is from homogeneity to diversity, right? When uh, Paul says, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, barbarian or Scythian, right? These, all these divisions that existed in, in the, the, the first century world at the time, Paul's saying, through Christ, we're now unified. We are not um, just one homogeneous community. We have diversity 
but our unity is in Christ, but we're diverse in many other ways. This is really tricky. I don't know if, if you know this about the Reformed Church, and the Reformed Church, especially in West Michigan in this area, is we're pretty homogenous. We struggle with homogeneity. It's part of kind of the way that our church started and the cultural backgrounds that the people who started the church have. But one thing that we have to grow in as people that are seeking to follow Christ in this world is to say, you know, who's not here and why? And how are we welcoming and being a place where people of varying abilities, people of varying races, um, people of varying genders, all of these things are welcome under Christ with Christ as our center, right? And so move, moving from homogeneity to diversity, I have a special heart for diversity of ability, right? So our, our, our mission statement at the Church of Benjamin's Hope is connecting people of all abilities with Jesus and one another. We want to create a place of connection for people of all abilities to connect with Christ but to also connect with one another. Because one of the huge challenges in the world today is people affected by disability are oftentimes have a world that's pretty small. Um, we take for granted just friendships and work relationships and, and things that just kind of come naturally to our lives. For people affected by disability, there's oftentimes barriers to that and their life and their relational life and their connection is sometimes quite small. And so we have a vision for creating um, community and diversity of community in our place of worship. And kind of the last move, and these are not all the kingdom movements that Jesus brings. These are just a few of them um, that, that I thought were kind of apropos for this morning. Um, movement from self-comfort to compassion, right? So I think one of the things, hello, Lorraine. How are you, friend? You wanted my Bible? Are you going to give that to me? Thank you, friend. Can I have a little hug layer up here? Thank you. All right. Give me five. You're going to stay up here with me? You can stay up here with me. That sounds great. All right. So movement from self-comfort to compassion, right? I don't know about you, but for me, in my kind of selfishness and sinfulness, like my tendency is to want to be uh, comfortable. I don't want to change much. I don't want to reach out to people who are different than me. It, it causes fear and anxiety in me. And so for me to change from a place of self-comfort to one of compassion, the word compassion literally means to suffer with. That means that I choose to enter into the life of people who are different than me. And when I do that, I change. It's transformational for me. And it's part of what God has planned for even the disciple-making process in us, right? Then when we choose to follow him into these kingdom moves, we start to change to become more like the people that God created us to be. And the currency or the cost that carries the weight of these movements is self-sacrificing love. And we saw that, right, in our passage for this morning, right? Look at how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love us in order to get something from us but to give everything of himself to us, love like that. We have to be self-sacrificing in our love, and you all, as a people of God here at Rosewood Church, have to choose to be self-sacrificing if 
you're going to make some of these kingdom moves from isolation to community, from homogeneity to diversity, from self-comfort to compassion, and it's going to be costly for you because you were going to get uncomfortable and things are going to look different and we're going to be like, okay, um, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I want to do it, right? In order for me, right, to... to, to lead a church and to plant a church for people of varying abilities, that, that was challenging for me. I had to overcome fear and overcome some of the anxiety that I feel. Um, you know, when, when I first started eight years ago to have Lorraine right up here with me, I would have felt anxious, be like, what's going on here? But now it's just part of my life and it's a part of a picture, right? You're a beautiful picture of what this looks like, Lorraine, and I love that. Um, I'm gonna just read a quote for you from Scott McKnight's book, uh, Kingdom Conspiracy. And I love this big idea. I want this to kind of settle into your hearts as we think about what the cost of making these moves is. In a general and more defined sense then, kingdom mission must be incarnational. It has to take on flesh, right? It has to, we have to be able to walk it out. We too must leave in order to lead others to find God. We too must become what others are in order to help them to become what God wants them to be. And we too are to morph in order to guide others into kingdom transformation. We must die so that others may live. And that is, if you're gonna be a church that kind of takes seriously diversity of ability, and diversity in really any other way, and kind of being open to that, We'll need to die to ourself and our own self-comfort in order that others might be welcomed into Christ's kingdom. And that's challenging stuff, but it's really, really important stuff. And, uh, and I hope and I pray that you choose to kind of take up that challenge. Um, a couple ways that you can learn from us, um, because some of the way that we learn in this life is just through seeing others do it, right, and modeling. So I just want to give you a couple of opportunities to grow as a community. Um, I would encourage, Austin, I'll encourage you with this too, maybe a group of people that come um, rhythmically out to the Church of Benjamin's Hope to kind of capture a vision of what we do as far as kind of um, all abilities worship. You know what that's like because you've been a part of it. Um, But sometimes that kind of helps. So you can come and worship with us. Six o'clock Sunday evenings. Um, We're on Riley Street. What's that? You want to go? You're going to go to church with me later. You are, aren't you? I'm singing. Yeah, you're going to sing? I'm not sure if you sing tonight. We have our friends sing uh, on a rotation with us, so you might sing tonight. I'm not sure. We can check a little later. So 6 o'clock, Riley Street, near 152nd Avenue, up in the blueberry fields up there. Um, I drove from there. I live right around the corner. So uh, it's about 30 minutes from here. You can come worship with us. You can come have fun with us. Um, We have a friendship club on Thursday nights called Club Connect, which is all about growing relationships. We talk about what does it look like to move from isolation to community. We've created a place of community. You're going to go? I know. This Thursday, you're going to go to Club Connect, aren't you? I'm going to be there too. That's awesome. So you might be there too. You might choose to come at 6 o'clock on a Thursday night. You could come and work with us if you wanted. You could set up a service day with a group of people from your church and get a feel for the Benjamin's Hope community. Um, Basically, you could become closer friends with us and what we're doing and see how that moves you along as a community. And you certainly can pray with us and let your prayers take on flesh, be incarnational 
as well. So one of the ways that you guys can pray for us, and I'll be praying for you too as you, as you reflect on the possibility of being a church that's even more open. I know you've done some work in this area, Austin. I'm so encouraged by the fact that you have, um, that you have uh, an abilities um, champion here. I think that's, that's amazing. Um, you've, got other, you've got families that you're reaching, um, but we can always grow, right? Um, so one of the ways that you can pray with us, and I'll be praying for you, is for protection for our work, uh, for the people who call Benjamin's Hope home, for our staff, our volunteers, everybody involved in the Church of Benjamin's Hope, especially around COVID. We've been affected by COVID just like many communities have. Um, we've got a few people that are affected even right now. So just protection and health. Um, and then pray for provision for us as well. Um, ongoing provision for the work. Um, we thank and praise the Lord that he has provided enough always. Um, but we, we ask the Lord and trust in him to continue to provide for us as well. What's that? We do. We have a new space. There is actually a new, um, a new addition onto our main gathering space being built, um, which will allow us to reach more people in our community in our day program, which is beautiful. So, what's that, Pete? Yes, we do have a, a portable building that's going bye-bye. That's that Pete said. Yeah, you're a little disappointed about that. Okay, we're, we'll chat about that right after. Does that sound good? Yes, Gretchen. Sue. Gretchen's one of Gretchen's favorite friends is Sue, and she just wanted, wants to give her a shout-out. So if you're watching, Sue, shout-out to you. So let me pray for you. Thank you for, for inviting me here. Lord, thank you so much for this church. Um, Lord, I just want to declare that you know, we are one church that meets in lots of different places. And so we are your church, Jesus, with you at the head. I thank you for, for this local fellowship of believers at Rosewood. Lord, as they think about the possibilities of being a church that continues to take steps from uh, uh, out of um, a picture of what church um, is in their minds to like what it can be in your mind, Christ, Lord, that, that you would give them kingdom imagination. Lord, we think about those movements from isolation to community, from homogeneity to diversity, from, from kind of self-comfort to compassion. Lord, move us in those ways. You're the only one through the power of your spirit within us that can move us in those ways. Lord, I pray that they would grow um, to be a, a, a bigger light and a bigger kind of picture of your kingdom as it relates to people of varying abilities, God. Um, thank you for this time. Thank you for this people. Uh, bless them now. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for making Rosewood a part of your day. Now, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.